Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is Ross Sparkin. Ross is a journalist, and he has written a book on Andrew Cuomo. It's called The Prince. Um, so, Ross, this is pretty interesting. When did you decide to write a book on Cuomo? Well, my publisher at War Books approached me late last year about writing a book about Andrew Cuomo. So that's kind of the, that was the genesis of it. But uh, I had been thinking about a, a project before then, just in the back of my head, because you know I'd been reporting on him for a long time, and I was reporting on the pandemic from, from the very beginning, and, and I I found a lot of fault in the uh, Cuomo administration's pandemic response. And I felt this really deserved to be, you know, put down in the record. Uh, Certainly there's been a lot of reporting about it. I had done a lot of articles about it, but articles can be fleeting. And and I felt, you know, a book was the best way to really go into about administration, about Andrew Cuomo's political history, and then about his response to the pandemic, which was quite flawed, to say the least. So from the very beginning, did you realize that this was not a winning strategy? A winning strategy for for Cuomo, you mean? Or do you mean... I mean, as far as the public is concerned. I mean, everybody loved him, like, last yes. April and May and June, and... You know, I'm, uh, what you're saying, there was, like, things that people didn't know that they should have yes. known. Would you say that was accurate? Yes, that's very accurate. You know, regular people were very frightened in those early months of the pandemic. You had thousands of people dying, you know, every, every week, every day, and it was really terrifying. And, and the Trump administration was not at all prepared and not at all responding or coordinating a response effectively with the states, including New York. So understandably, Trump was failing the country and people were hunting for stable leadership. And Cuomo was someone who presented very well and he held press conferences every day and he spoke and he had his PowerPoints, but really that was all performance. The actual reality was many people were dying New York State was slow to shut down. New York City was slow to shut down. And that was really Andrew Cuomo's fault because he had all the power. He dismissed the idea of a shelter-in-place order. And he downplayed coronavirus for much of March of 2020. He was comparing it to the flu, saying it wasn't as bad as Ebola and SARS, saying that the fear was worse than the virus. And he bred complacency. And some of his talking points would later be repeated by right-wing Republicans uh, about COVID in particular. So people were misled. I don't blame everyday people. They were scared. They were confused. I blame the media and I blame Cuomo himself. When you say the media, who exactly are you pointing the finger at? Um, you know, c- cable television, uh, various okay. prestige newspapers, you know, I mean, there's a lot. Of, look, there's a lot of good reporters at the big newspapers, and they praise them a lot. Um, but you know, you also had fluff pieces being written about Cuomo. You had magazine 
articles in, in national magazines that did not reflect the reality of the situation at all. You had celebrities, people like Ellen DeGeneres and Trevor Noah, calling themselves Cuomosexuals. There's a lot that went into this. And, of course, people themselves were, were drawn to Cuomo, too. That, that, that's inarguable. Uh, but if the media had been aggressively reporting the truth, you know, if, if, if journalists writ large and if cable TV in particular, CNN, MSNBC – if they were all doing their job from the get-go, I, I do think Cuomo would be viewed in, different, in a different light today. And keep in mind, CNN was letting Andrew Cuomo's brother interview him almost nightly because it was good television, and it, it was deeply unethical, and it should never have happened. I, I, I watched the brother act a number of times, and... It looked staged, and it was quite hilarious, actually. So you, you're a journalist, but a few years back you ran for the uh, state senate. You know, in your dealings with running for office and looking at the political landscape, when COVID arrived and, you know, Cuomo's response to it, and what you analyzed from it, were you surprised that he behaved in such a manner? Um, was I surprised that Cuomo behaved in such a manner in, in terms of his recent scandals or in terms of in, in, the beginning of COVID when the pandemic broke out? COVID, where, you know, he was saying one thing, and, you know, obviously what you're saying, you know, he did another. Right. Um, no, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't too surprised. Cuomo you know, is someone who he, he likes crises. He likes speaking, you know, during crises and projecting strength. And, and he's someone who certainly has misled before. He's had scandals before and corruption before. So it's really nothing really surprised me. What surprised me was the reaction in the media and the reaction from the general public. And I, I attribute a lot of that to the pandemic and people being confused and scared and Donald Trump being president. I think if Joe Biden had been president during the pandemic at the beginning, Cuomo would not have had his foil and Cuomo would not have the cover of Trump. You know, he really used Trump as a cover because Trump was so inadequate. And um, journalists and pundits and, and regular people um, were not scrutinizing Cuomo as they should because of Donald Trump. I really believe that. And now I think because Trump is gone, Cuomo is having a much tougher time. Let's talk a little bit about Tish James. When Tish James came out with her report, you know, criticizing Cuomo for his handling of you know, the nursing home situation. Was that surprising to you, given the fact that Cuomo uh, tried to eliminate Zephyr Teachout and ensure that Tish James became the attorney general? You know, it it, it was a, a little surprising. I do think Tish James is a competent elected official and attorney general, and I do think since taking over, 
she has run the office effectively. But no, it was definitely very interesting to see that report and how tough it was because I, I was a little skeptical and I had heard she was investigating initially there had been an announcement that Cuomo and James together would be investigating nursing homes. And, and I really saw this as a big conflict of interest. They would team up on, on such an endeavor. So, you know, James is someone who won the office with Cuomo's full endorsement and, and would probably not have been attorney general if Cuomo had not thrown the weight of his party and his office behind her, getting her a lot of money, labor endorsement support. They ran as a ticket. So to see her, you know, break from him was refreshing, um, and and it was a very fair and independent report that that dealt very harshly with the reality that New York State was undercounting nursing home deaths. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So you know, I I I would watch the briefings every day, and you know, it would be on cable news up here in Albany, and then. It would be on MSNBC. Do you think that the national cable station covered him on a daily basis to increase ratings? I I, I think a lot of a lot of um, you know leading uh, you know cable TV stations are concerned with ratings and are concerned with getting viewership and, 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 and Cuomo certainly was a compelling figure for them and, you know, elevating him was good for their bottom line. So I do, I do think that's, that's always a consideration and his briefings were carried live on these networks and there, there's a public service to that. I'm not arguing with that, but, you know, inflating the Cuomo myth was good for business and, and now we are reaping what was sowed. And and from my understanding is uh, Chris Cuomo is not allowed to talk about his brother on his show. Is that correct? Yes. Now now he's not allowed to interview him anymore, which is absurd because he was allowed to do it last year. He never should have been allowed in the first place. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, it, it's... I think it's pretty interesting when I tune Chris Cuomo on sometimes, what he's really thinking. You know, I mean, he's still criticizing, you know, Trump and and January 6th, and I wonder what's really on his mind. But, you know, getting back to, you know, Cuomo and his troubles. So the nursing home thing started when Tish James you know, it issued the report. And then all of a sudden there were women who came forward and said, you know, he he was sexually harassing them. And I think that's what stuck rather than the nursing homes. Would you agree? The the sexual harassment allegations definitely got more headlines and, and drove more political opposition against him. Um, I, I do agree those took it to a new level. The nursing homes were creating, you know, real problems for Cuomo, and there were a few legislators who talked about impeachment, but, but the 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 ball really got rolling with the allegations, and you saw the calls for his resignation really accelerate with the allegations coming out. Mm-hmm. So Cuomo was riding high for quite a while, 
And all of a sudden, from being the knight and shining, all of us to be practically disgraced. It had to be quite a, a jolt for him, wouldn't you say? I think it is. I think it's been very much a a striking experience to be so elevated and so popular, then be so hated. Very few mm-hmm. politicians reach such highs or lows. So I imagine he feels quite besieged right now, but he's fighting back. It's all he knows how to do. And he's going to hold on to the office as long as he possibly can. If if he weathers the storm, and I think this is an important question, do you think he would run for re-election for a fourth term? He wants to. I don't know if he'll be able to. That That's going to be the question. Can he politically do it? Will another strong candidate step forward against him? Will the labor unions and big donors stick with him? These are all questions that haven't been answered. I, I, I think he, depending on the outcome of this federal investigation, it's the nursing home issue, depending on the um, outcome of the attorney general's investigation to the sexual harassment allegations, these will determine his future. And if the report is as damning as many of us imagine it will be, he's going to have a hard time running for a fourth term. But I, I, in his head, there's no doubt he believes that he can win again because that that's all he knows. And he's going to keep believing that until the moment becomes untenable and I think it'll become untenable when the assembly impeaches him and when you have people like Joe Biden calling for his resignation and and, and trying to force him aside and we're not at that point yet but we could get there I, I, I found that Joe Biden's condemnation of Cuomo was a little bit surprising given the fact that there's been innuendos about Biden. How'd you feel when you heard that? I think Joe Biden is a politician and he recognizes that Cuomo's struggles are are not helpful and they are a distraction and, and he has a job to do and he doesn't want this being a national headline. I mean, perhaps he thinks it reflects badly on Democrats. So they have a good relationship, but it's also politics. And, and at some point, if this is really out of control, Joe Biden may intervene behind the scenes and, and urge him to step aside for lieutenant governor. We're, we're not there yet. You know, it's going to really depend on this investigation and what it says. And, and if it really is detailed um, and it, it really gives us a real window into what happened. Cuomo will have a hard time hanging on. When when Elliot Spitzer got into trouble, I mean, he resigned within days, and Cuomo seems to be holding on for dear life. Um, do you think that that Cuomo is a much stronger personality than? Spitzer for resigning so quickly? Cuomo's in a much stronger position than Spitzer was. Spitzer had only been governor for a year, 
and the legislature really did not like him, and the assembly in particular did not like him. That's really the key. Sheldon Silver, who was a stronger speaker than Carl Hastie, you know, I'd say Sheldon Silver had more clout in Albany than Spitzer did, um, and Silver wanted Spitzer gone and, and told, told him he had the votes to impeach him. The difference here is Hastie is a much weaker speaker. Cuomo has been governor for over a decade, and he 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 has more leverage left. He has more relationships left, and, and he has he has the power of of his time in office, and, and he still has some public support. So Spitzer really was new and had made a lot of enemies quickly. Here. Cuomo has made a lot of enemies, but he's not new. And I, I do think that's what sets him apart. That's why Cuomo has been able to buy himself more time. But Hasty and um, Andrea Stewart Cousins has both come out for him to just go away, right? Well, well, Stewart Cousins called for him to resign. Hasty did not. And that's the difference. Oh, okay. Okay. And there's a lot of there's a few progressives in the state senate, like Senator Biagi, who is calling for his um, departure. Right? Yes, there's a there's a lot. There, there's a, 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 most of the state senate Democrats, including more moderate, call for Cuomo to resign. The votes are in the state senate to convict Andrew Cuomo. The votes are not in the assembly yet to impeach, and that's the difference. They don't have the votes for impeachment, but they have conviction votes in the Senate, so there has to be a trial first. There's a, a movement in California to impeach um, the governor there, right? So we'll rec- to recall him. Yeah, we, we don't have recall uh, ability in New York. So, so yes, there there will be a recall vote on Gavin Newsom in, in California. Doesn't appear like it'll be successful because a Republican would have to defeat him, as far as I understand. And it, it that would seem unlikely in California. So, from all of this stuff that's going on with, you know, impeachment and, and resignation, um, it kind of waters down the electoral process where if some politician or elected official does something that the majority of people don't like, instead of waiting the number of years until the next election, they're saying, let's get rid of him now. Do you think that's a bad precedent? No, not not necessarily. In in that, the, the, we Cuomo is dealing with a lot right now. This is not one sexual harassment allegation. If it were one allegation and that was all there was, and, and I would say that that's not necessarily impeachable. You have six allegations plus you have an entirely separate scandal over his handling of COVID. So it, it's two different scandals. His handling of COVID is scandalous and really. Deserves accountability, and the the impeachment process exists for times when the legislature decides that the executive has ran afoul of the law or ran afoul of 
um, you know, some, some, you know, has made some transgression that maybe if it's not illegal, it's worth being held accountable for. So you know, these processes exist. There's a reason impeachment was written into the New York state constitution and, and exists in, in these states as well. You saw it with the, with the federal government, with Trump. Uh-huh. Cuomo has done a lot, so he's being held accountable. It's not as if this is, this was done quickly or recklessly. A, a lot had to happen for us to get to where we are. So tell us a little bit about your book. So the book really traces the response to COVID and how Cuomo failed. It looks at both his slowness to react, his downplaying of the virus, and also the implications for New York State. Um, I dive deep into the uh, social service cuts that Cuomo made. I explore his political history, his relationship with his father. It's really a comprehensive look at at Cuomo's history, at the coronavirus pandemic in New York. Um, You know, it's based on a lot of my own reporting and interviews. And, you know, it is the definitive account of coronavirus in New York and of of the Cuomo administration and their response. And there isn't there's an, there's an, there's a book like it out there. So I think people will enjoy it. So what's the name of the book and how how can people get it? So it's called The Prince, Andrew Cuomo, Coronavirus and the Fall of New York. It's available for pre-order now. Um, if you pre-order, you get 15 percent off. And the publisher is Or Books. It's O R Books. So if you go to orbooks.com, it's right there on the website. That's how you get your discount. And the pre-orders will go out, I believe, next month. So if you pre-order, you'll get it sooner. And it, it is a, you know, it, it's it's a worthwhile read, and I, I hope uh, people go out and purchase it. You know, you the name. Part of the name of the book is The Fall of New York, which reminds me of uh, The Power Broker, which was about yes. Robert Moses. And, you know, Robert Moses was an esteemed person for a long time. And and then now history looks at him totally different. Would you say that Andrew Cuomo modeled his political career to a certain extent uh, on what Robert Moses did in New York? I think Cuomo had great admiration for Robert Moses and how he wielded power. Moses was the preeminent figure in New York for 40 years and, and, and wielded power in, in such a way um, that he was beyond the reach of mayors and governors. And, and so Cuomo, as governor, has hoped to leave a legacy like that, hope to exert control and dominance like that. No one dominated like Moses, and no one ever will, but there's no doubt Cuomo aspired to that, and at his peak um, came the closest that anyone had in in decades. You know, given the fact that uh, a lot of people, a lot of elected officials view Cuomo as a bully and a tyrant. Do you think that's uh, one of the deciding factors on on why people are turning against him now? Yes, he he has. You know, he. I call the book the Prince because 
it, it is a reference to Machiavelli's The Prince and, and the dictum right. in the book that it's better to be feared than loved. And that's how Cuomo built his political career. It was on fear, you cross me and I'll destroy you. And now he doesn't have the power of fear anymore. And what he's finding is he has relatively few relationships left. He has a few, but not many. And if he had more goodwill built up in the legislature and, and with other politicians, he would have a lot more defenders. And he really doesn't have many right now. So do you think he, he patterned his way of doing things on it, on the way his father did things? How important was, was his father in Andrew Cuomo's, uh, you know, uh, way of doing politics? Well, his father was definitely influential in that he, he came up under his father and and he managed his campaign and worked for him. I'd say the difference is Andrew viewed Mario as someone who wasn't necessarily an effective governor. And Andrew believed Mario was soft to an extent and did not wield power as effectively as he could. And Andrew really set out to be a different type of governor who could really intimidate the opposition effectively and intimidate Democratic allies effectively. That's not really something Mario Cuomo could do. He did not really marshal the legislature very often for his policy priorities, and he was something of a of a weaker governor despite his reputation. And Andrew Cuomo uh, was not like that and really sought to learn from Mario and, and learn what not to do and, and how to really intimidate and bully in ways Mario could not. So we have a couple of minutes left, Ross. Um, you, you write for uh, a publication in New York City. How can people read, besides your book, how could they read what you write, you know, on, on a daily basis? Sure. So I write for a few different publications. I am covering the, the, the mayor's race for the Village Voice, which recently came back. So they can certainly check out the Village Voice. Um, I contribute to Nation, so you can find my article there sometimes. Uh, Gothamist is, is a place I, I write for as well. Um, and I'll, I write about national politics at The Guardian. So. Um, they can follow me on Twitter, um, at Ross Barkin. Uh, they can check out my website, rossbarkin.com. And I also have a newsletter, Political Currents, through Substack. And then, and if you want to find that, it's just rossbarkin.substack.com. And you can read. I do a once-a-week uh, newsletter as well. And plug your book one more time. My book, um, it's The Prince, Andrew Cuomo, Coronavirus and the Fall of New York, and it's from Or Books. That's O R Books, and it can be bought at orbooks.com. Thank you so much, Ross. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. You've been listening sure, to journalist Ross Sparkin. I'm Cynthia yep. Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.